So Mr. Talpel, she worked in mathematics before uh, the revolution in 89. Um, first of all, what attracted you to, to this field? What started your passion for math? And also, um, after the revolution, we saw a lot of people uh, that discovered the business world, but small businesses, sometimes in a simple way, they brought products from, uh, from outside Romania because the borders were open at that time. Um, how do you, did you and Mrs. Talpesh discover the business world and started to the, to the path of building a software business? So I couldn't say I used to work in mathematics. Uh, graduated pure mathematics with a master license. And in fact, worked as a teacher math in high school, okay? But at that time, we were beneficiary of what we called uh, uh, two jobs, okay? We had a first job for two years, that was the teacher, okay? And the second one, I landed in a research, computer research institute in Bucharest. So that's how I landed in, let's say, uh, the computer research world, okay? And that was before uh, 90. In 90, in fact, what happened in the region, the uh, domestic market and, in fact, the regional market collapsed. So at that time, nobody was talking about technology or software, domain in which you used to work, technology. Everyone was looking to more fundamental problems. Who's, who are the owners, what they are owning, property, all that stuff, so no tech. However, at that time, Romania was equipped with, uh, I should say, a significant pool of very talented people working in tech, and the domestic market collapsed. So what to do? Well, you, we could continue to work in the state-owned research institute, but we, like many other people, we started to look outside Romania and where to look at, of course, Western Europe, most of us, okay, some of them uh, started to look to North America. So looking for opportunities. And instead of migrating, so leaving Romania, we have decided to start something. In which domain? In the domain we used to work before. That was software, tech. How is it like for you, if you still remember, to be a tech entrepreneur in the 90s in Romania? I remember back then that when we created the company, we we had the company. The company was registered at the small uh, company that was the name of the low, let's say. Uh, but we couldn't open a bank account. The private companies at the beginnings simply did not have the right to open a, a bank account. So that's why the first, uh, let's say, uh, business invoices caching was really caching. And we started our business with uh, initially only with French customers, so based in France. So it was a little bit strange because we had to get the, the bag with the cash from France to Romania. Today, we should see that as being uh, money laundering or whatever. At that time, you didn't have options as a company, okay? And a little bit later on, 
uh, when he started to talk about what are we doing, doing and so pick up the domain because the country has a list of activities you have to pick up. Our, ours was information processing. So many people uh, started to think that we are doing espionage or something like that. What are you doing? Information processing, okay. So it was a kind of uh, interesting stuff. Once again, we didn't start trying to get some stuff, goods in Romania to sell because the market didn't have. We started from the very beginning selling our brain activity to Western countries, companies. I'm glad you mentioned this because I was curious about how did clients from outside Romania, knowing uh, our history, how did they react to working with a company found that was founded here uh, at that point? In fact, it was, was a kind of interesting process and was slow. Initially, just initially, early 90, was a lot of sympathy. Okay. Later on, that switch to a kind of, we do not understand what's happening with you. Okay. Later on, once we started to talk about getting to, into EU, the reputation was dropped uh, significantly of Romania at that time because we had a very significant wave of criminal migration. Okay. So uh, they, but they learned the, the West world learned by Romanians moving uh, to those countries by, uh, by working with Romanian teams on tech. They learned step by step that there is a very strong, let's say, tech skills pool here in Romania based on, at that time, an education that was very focused on STEM by that time. Okay. Uh, and uh, I tell you at a certain point, by example, we tried to understand where is coming that perception they were building, okay? And we said we had a kind of brand umbrella in the sense that uh, Americans knew that in Eastern Europe was a very strong focus on STEM, so science, technology, engineering, math, okay? So they were viewing the, the people coming from the region, this region as being strong on that side. Second, we looked to the top 20 US universities and we learned that in every, each of these universities were a, was a small team of Romanian professors in math. So they learned about Romanians that they are good in math and so on. So the, the, the brand, the rep, reputation built slowly, slowly, step by step. But inside was like you were a kind of strange animal, okay? Outside you started to get some good reception. Speaking about, uh, about this, about uh, teams of Romanians working for, for universities, were you ever tempted uh, before starting the business, were you ever tempted to, to leave the country and go back to, to teaching? Uh, in fact, I was teaching high school. In fact, before 90, I started a PhD in math that I never concluded, okay? Because switched to entrepreneur, okay? And yes, we had some ideas in the family to move early 90 to leave Romania. 
but we made the decision to give us a chance for only a few years to do something here. And if it doesn't work, to leave. Do you remember the roads uh, during the first years? I mean, did you ever think at some point in time that you would get here, that Be Defender would get to this point that it is today, a global business? No, okay. Anyway, the idea of Be Defender came later, late 90s. But what I can tell you, it's in the first years was not so much room for dreaming, let's say long-term, was more like uh, doing and learning by doing, so short-term, okay? It's like do the right thing in the right way, okay? And so on, but less dreaming initially. Yeah. Uh, do you think now that if you would have started a business, what later became a big defender now, um, in Romania, outside Romania, would have been easier, or would you have had other opportunities than the ones you've had starting from here? I I shouldn't I shouldn't say should have been easier because we could have failed, okay, even faster, there, yeah, okay. But anyway, if we shouldn't have failed, the learning should have been way faster. Okay. More opportunities to fail because it was a competitive market. However, if you should have survived, you should have learned way faster. Okay, that, that's what I can say. Of course, the markets were completely different. Here, by example, it showed that once again, in, in the first many years, we have been focused on working exclusively for Western markets, France, Germany, UK, US, okay? These were the markets we have been educated ourselves as entrepreneurs in technology, not in Romania. We were, let's say, producing, delivering from Romania, but our customers were in those markets, okay? So we, we had also a kind of mix, because I should say that, in fact, the, seven, the first seven years of our education as entrepreneurs were happening, happened in fact in the one, some of the most competitive markets of the world. Look into the tech side, okay. Um, did you have any models in entrepreneurship when you started? No, 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 no. At that time, entrepreneurs in Romania, don't forget that we started, when we started, there was not such thing like private property or private companies. We were among the first to, let's say, build private companies. And the connection with the Western world was a weak one. So like today, you, if you go to a library, you find a ton of books about Elon Musk, uh, Bezos, all, uh, all these, let's say, superstars of the technology world. Okay? At that time, <laughs> that was not the reality. Okay? So no real... Uh, let's say, models close to you. So eventually models could have been Leonardo da Vinci or big mathematicians like Gauss and so on, but no modern ones. Okay. When did you first, like you said, there, there, was, there was no time for dreaming <laughs> during the first years, but when did you first start to, to feel that 
you're on the right path and it's going to be a success and it's going to be something big? Two stages. First, in the first years, in fact, we didn't have anyone uh, doing sales or marketing. No one. So the first signs of success have been when we had new customers based on the fact that some people from the existing customers moved to a new company and they wanted to work with us. That was a good sign because let's say that was, I should say after so many years of entrepreneurship, that's the best new customer acquisition you can do. The second one was related to Bitdefender. So let's say late 90s, early 2000. In fact, when you have we, when we had already partners, because let's say uh, selling a product to different markets, we started to do it through partners, working with partners, and we started to work with an American partner. And the first time they had $1 million sales of, of our products, which were, were not named Bitdefender at that time, that was a success. The failure was the, the fact that we cashed no money. So that was a, the first big lesson for us, okay, on how to choose the partners and so on. Uh, but we had our first partners in Spain and France. So already early 2000, we had our partners in France and Spain that they were already starting to be successful in selling our products. So at that time, we knew that we are on the right path. I'm so glad that you mentioned the, uh, the about lessons because I, I was going to ask you, if there are lessons from your first years, your early years in business that you are still, I don't know, using or, uh, uh, yes, using today or uh, getting your bearings after some of the hardest things you've learned during those years, those first years. In fact, it was a very, very good, tough, but very good school, okay, the, fir the, the, the first years. What I learned, and this is very valid today, is you should be focused 200% on providing value to your customer. It's not about getting rich. It's not about making your numbers as a business. It's about really having your customer happy and with your product services, like you're bringing value to your customer. So that I learned initially because let's say our first customers were French customers. The French are among the toughest ones. They are providing a lot of feedback. So they are shaping you as a, let's say, manufacturer, producer, whatever. Okay. So that's a kind of lesson. Don't care about, let's say, getting rich. That's completely fake. It's about caring about your customers. Do the best you can do for your customers. That's... That's something that we learned at that time it was tough, okay? Because we were start, uh, starting the mindset from a communist system, where it was a kind of opposite situation. The you were servicing the public services, not the public servicing were servicing you, okay? So, but it was a kind of transformation we went through, and that was a very good one. Was it difficult for you to to get rid of? all those years living in communism and all, 
the, the, the fact that you weren't allowed to do anything and to have this freedom and like well, you said, was to, so easy. to learn something else. It was so easy. <laughs> it was natural, I should say, okay. Once you're focused on the customers, you know what you have to do. That's an, the North Star. So it's mindset changes, uh, the way of working changes, a lot of stuff is happening. Did you have, during the first years, or let's say during the first year, did you have uh, trouble getting, hiring the right people to work with you, finding? finding the right people, mostly than hiring? Initially, no, because as I said, just initially, the domestic market collapsed. So you had a lot of skills in the market that have no real jobs. So hiring initially was not uh, tough. Uh, when you are developing yourself as a global company or as a company targeting international markets, you are learning that you need more skills than technical skills. The Romanian market was rich in, in providing, building and providing tech skills, but was com close to zero in providing other skills you needed in, let's say, designing and building a product, a tech one, or go to market was close to zero. So we, we built ourselves like a school, okay? So we try, uh, because that was a kind of mantra we had in mind, okay? to have the Romanians learn how to go globally, how to go internationally, okay? It's what we are calling headquarters skills, okay? So on the tech side, for a while it was easy. Later on, we started to build relationship with universities, with um, the education system, okay, to have a kind of continuous flow of uh, fresh skills. But on the other side, on how to design, how to uh, build a go-to product, how to build a go-to market strategies and execute them, we, we were like a university build from scratch and speaking about this uh in the beginning uh just just you and uh, mrs Stalpesh, were you the ones that uh did the sales or got the clients how how did it work in the beginning let's say listening the customers because i was a tech guy okay at that time at the time i used to work uh, i graduated pure mathematics used to work in a computer research institute in what was called at that time pattern analysis machine intelligence. We named that domain today AI, okay? So I was a tech. So our sales and marketing was, let's say, listening the customers. Deeply listening the customers and providing what they were needed, okay? is what was not like the customer were asking us to provide something and we provided exactly that we were all the time challenging what the customer was asking and tried to improve with the customers their requirements, okay? And that was, in fact, our sales engine because they felt that they had a kind of opinion, view on what they should get, and that improved working with us and getting something that was really useful for them, okay? That was our sales engine. Were you ever tempted, I don't know, 
during the last years, let's say, or when did it ever got too hard for you to, to run this business? Were you ever tempted to sell? That depends on the mindset of the entrepreneur. Okay, You could be a serial one in the sense that you are building, getting the, the you are focused, you, you know how to build to a certain stage. You are selling, you are starting a new one. Okay, In our case, we have been serial entrepreneurs in the sense that we started some businesses, we sold some businesses, but some of the businesses we stayed with. And I think Bitdefender, it's a kind of, reward for us uh, in the sense that we are learning continuously about let's say getting how to get to the next stage uh, what are the opportunities how can you leverage your how to dream more and so on so it's it's rewarding so uh, it's more like you're in that kind of journey mindset yeah we have also some specific goals okay we um, Personally, I think that building a global tech company headquartered in Romania. And once again, I explain, I explain what means headquartered. Uh, we are maybe not aware of the fact that, let's say, markets like US, Germany, UK, France, Japan are very competitive markets very different markets than Romanian market, where, by example, there is a continuous process of building knowledge. These countries and some others are building most of the knowledge we are using today related to how to design and execute a go-to-product strategy, how to design and execute a go-to-market strategy. Most of the knowledge is coming from there. Okay, so. For us, we have to learn that there is a gap between skills and knowledge we have here and what we need to succeed in those markets. Okay, And our goal with the headquarters in Romania, in fact, is to continuously build skills and knowledge headquarter level, like design and execute a go-to-product strategy, design and execute a go-to-market strategy for global markets. Okay, And that's our still personal, let's say, go. That's driving and boosting our, let's say, energy levels. And since you, you mentioned uh, about being a business headquartered in Romania, I know that you were talking about one of your plans um, that Bidefender would be on uh, the American Stock Exchange as a company, like you said, headquartered in Romania. Can you tell us a bit about this plan? Uh, let's say we, it's public. We filed in December 2021 with SCC, which is the American authority for um, stock exchange. And uh, specifically, we filed with NASDAQ. Why have we picked up the US? Because looking to the stock exchanges of the world, these are the most reputed in terms of technology stocks. Okay. So we wanted also to go to a stock exchange which has the best reputation in the world okay? and be among the companies that are becoming successful going through an IPO there. Okay? So it's again building a kind of reference model that you can go global and could build a big time success 
keeping your headquarters in Romania. And I am repeating myself, we need that. Because let's say you cannot as a startup, if you are a Romanian born startup, to succeed globally, and that's tech, tech it's mainly global, okay, global market, a globalized market, you need headquarters skills and knowledge. Someone has to build those skills. And you as a startup to be a beneficiary of the skills, okay? If we are moving our headquarters in US, in London, and you can have that temptation because you could feel that you can get easier funding, you can get easier the skills and knowledge, headquarters skills and knowledge you need. Uh, that's one way. But in our case, to uh, build, uh, let's say, uh, a better chance for the Romanian startups to succeed, they have also to find here skills and knowledge on how to go successfully on the global markets. Yeah, you mentioned this because um, there there is kind of a dream among young and young startup founders to to move quickly to another country, like you said, because they they think that they can get easier access to money. It's more like a need for them. Okay, it's like a pressure. It's like we feel that if we stay here, we have less chances to succeed, and that's why we need to build an ecosystem where, let's say, the, the startups feel that they can succeed from here. Like a U.S. startup. The U.S. startups do not think moving to Romania to succeed globally. They think they are good, have a good position in U.S., okay? It's thinking the same for Romanian companies or Israeli companies, okay? Because they are one, okay, we think of them as being part of the U.S. ecosystem, but they are a lot of the headquarters are based in Israel. Yes, but there is there is a difference in yeah. Yeah. how that's the ecosystem right. let's, let's build that kind of ecosystems, and for that we need those skills and knowledge. Okay. How did you see, because you, we started to talk about the, the startup ecosystem here, how did you see it evolve during all these years, since you were involved in the... In the when tech, you started, tech world. yeah, as, as mentioned, you couldn't open a bank account. So, of course, no funding, no funding. So that's why, for example, uh, to succeed in such times, you should have to bootstrap. You should have to be your your business model should have been focused on profitability because you have to uh, uh, self cash your business growth. OK, completely different versus a US startup. A US startup is very focused on growth. Because you have the funding ecosystem, it's easy. Well, okay, I'm, I'm correct. It's not easy. Okay. However, it's there. Okay. So if you are good, it's there. You can get it. In Romania, you could be good and not getting funding. Okay. And that influences the business model, the way you are approaching. So you have seen a kind of transition. Okay. And Today we reach uh, 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 an area where there is funding, a kind of VC angels, even private equity ecosystem. It's getting its shape. Okay, uh, there is something we are missing, and that's why we started, by example, in our domain, the, the BD Voyager uh, fund. Uh, there is still missing that part of the strategic investors. 
Okay, what that means? That means for succeed, if you take a look to the most advanced, uh, let's say, startups ecosystem, you'll see there is a lot of skills and knowledge as shared services uh, accessible to the startups. Okay, when you are looking to this part of the world, I'm talking. Europe and uh, mainly Central Eastern Europe, uh, you find less strategic investors they have, which have a deep knowledge of a certain domain. For example, if you are a startup in cybersecurity, you can find funding here in the region, even in Europe, but the, 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 the funds, the ventures cannot provide you too deep advice related to the cybersecurity. They can help you on more general stuff like how to recruit people, uh, how a, a go-to product, uh, let's say, roadmap should like, should look looks like, and so on, but less deep knowledge of your specific domain. So that's why, for example, we are at this stage and probably we need more companies engaging themselves in funding startups to share the knowledge they built during the years for specific industries, market segments. How do you see the startups that are born here in Romania? Let's say, I don't know, in the last 10, 10 to five years uh, that are stepping on the path that you, you've started uh, in the 90s, you and a few, a few other uh, veterans in the domain started uh, in, the, in the 90s. How do, you, how do you see them now? Good and bad, okay, highs and lows in the sense that, let's say, we have the opportunity to slowly learn. They don't have that. They have to learn very fast. We couldn't have, uh, we, our access to knowledge was low. Their access to knowledge is high. Okay, so highs and lows on both sides. The market was less competitive at that time. The market is very competitive today, okay? The market was evolving slowly at that time. The market is in evol evolving incredibly fast today, okay? And I should say there are domains like our domains where the entry bar is very high. So, yeah, it's, it's more, let's say, for companies like us or, or for, I should say, pools of knowledge like be defenders to jump into the market and try to help the, the new companies. Do you feel that there is something missing now in the startup ecosystem in Romania? I told you. It's the specific knowledge of a domain. And we have some experience working, let's say, and meeting a lot of, during the last 10 years, meeting a lot of investors from the European ecosystem, from the US ecosystem, uh, the tech system, the technology ecosystem not being so developed in Europe. I'm not talking about Central Eastern Europe uh, because what's happening is rather new in the last five to 10 years in the Western Europe. Okay, uh, There is a gap in terms of depth of knowledge U.S. ventures have versus the European ones, okay? I'm talking about cyber, by example. Uh, it's a huge gap. Because let's say most of the cyber companies are locating in the U.S. There is a very deep knowledge built by the ventures, the, 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 the investment funds, 
in the cyber war or related to the cyber war. In Europe, there you, you find way less. So the, the investment funds are more generalists. And that's a gap, in my opinion, because, of course, you being a startup, a service startup in US, you have access to a network of people, to a network of knowledge, way easier. And that's what, that's something we are missing. And that's something, at least on the cybersecurity side, we try to build. Where do you think that we're heading from the standpoint of a startup ecosystem in Romania? And also taking into consideration the region, what's happening outside? I think, once again, the region still as a legacy, but as a legacy, because the, today's reality is different. As a legacy, we still have that kind of reputation of being a kind of having education systems that are building good top STEM skills and knowledge, science, technology, engineering, math. Okay, that's changing. Okay, so I think uh, Romania and other countries in the region have still a very good potential to succeed in the technology world of the startups, okay? But we need to add more knowledge and skills such to improve their, let's say, chances to succeed. What does it mean to you after all these years to, that Bitdefender is a tech giant now, a global, uh, global company with global clients, one that but one that is, was born and still exists in Romania. Yeah, uh, we are still living and executing our dream. Okay, uh, we have a lot to learn. Okay, uh, as I mentioned several times, we built a pool of knowledge and skills here in Romania that should be leveraged. So should be leveraged. This is something we try to do. We are engaged in, let's say, teaching in universities, in coaching. We have people that are coaching, entrepreneurs and so on. We are doing, we started to do a lot of stuff to leverage that, to tap that pool of skills. And we are continuously building, yeah? Because being engaged in some of the most competitive markets in tech, in cyber, which is one of the most competitive ones, okay? We are building that continuously. So. We, we, we felt we need to share and we, we started to do more and more. What are your plans business-wise for, I don't know, for the next few months by the end of this year and in 2024, if you can give us some, some ideas in general? Let's say just build a sounder and sounder business. That's our job. Okay. Do you think that uh, there will be a time when you will decide to to step down and, I don't know, go to teaching again or just mentoring a, a new generation? We as people and we as different, we are doing different projects, okay? Uh, we try to contribute to the community also, and we are very strongly engaged in trying to improve the education in Romania, okay? So there are different projects we are doing that are rewarding also us, okay? Because, uh, but yes, we, we are engaged in, let's say, helping the Romanian education system since some time. 
as individuals and as bee defender. Just recently, we, we, last year, we piloted a project because, let's say, together with other companies in the industry, we succeeded to have to introduce the computer science at the fifth grade in the core. Okay. A few years later, we learned that we, we had that, but there are no teachers to teach the students computer science. So we started to think about how can the industry have. And so we call for volunteers in Defender, people that want as volunteers, okay, to teach people in some villages, okay, that didn't have computer science teachers. And we piloted for one year and looks like the, the, the impact was super. And I, I, we are enjoying it because we, we feel that through our colleagues, we change some children's lives in a good sense, okay? So there are different projects we are doing, trying to help, okay, to contribute.